Coming up today, we're going to talk with a travel agent to find out what travel agents think you should know about Universal Orlando on this week's episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams. Today, I'm joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hello. Hello. And then joining us, I've mentioned travel agents multiple times. We have a wonderful travel agent. I believe she's making her second appearance on this show. Potentially third. Definitely second, though. We have... It's been a yeah, I I know the main one I think of is when the parks reopened after uh, being closed Mm -hmm. for the pandemic and you went and reported on them. But uh, you've heard her voice now. You've seen her if you're watching. It's the one and only Elaine Edwards of Dreams Unlimited Travel. Hi, friends. Hello. Thank you both for being here with me this episode. I really appreciate you coming and talking with me, uh, specifically you, Elaine, because you are going to do a lot of the hard work on this episode uh, because you are the travel agent. Uh, we start every week's episode by saying, if you want to support us more, then book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel because uh, you know you work with the experts that help, can help you get the best Universal Orlando vacation possible. They'll try to get you the best price or just get you the vacation of your dreams, however that has to happen. And it all starts with a free no obligation quote at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Elaine will be able to help you with that. I'm sure she'll share her email throughout this episode. And I will also make sure that there's a link to it in the description so that way you can contact her directly. But there are a ton of Dreams Unlimited Travel agents that uh, book Universal Orlando vacations. So you're in good hands with any of them, but Elaine's going to probably sell you on herself a little bit for this episode. Uh, but yeah, we want the uh, we want the firsthand opinion this time around on what travel agents think you should know about Universal, because we constantly tell you the information we think you should know. Uh, but the travel agents are the ones booking and they get even more questions than we do. And so what what better way to find out what's in the mind of a travel agent than by digging into this one over the course of the next two to three hours. I think this will probably take us. It's a real, uh, it's a real uh, therapy session in a way, but uh, no, it's, it's going to be and that is what a travel agent needs right now is a therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll hopefully give you a little bit of time to uh, vent and process everything here, but Elaine was already nice enough to provide me with a list of that we kind of broke it down to seven different uh, aspects of Universal that really is what she thinks that everyone should know before uh, booking a vacation there, traveling there. And we're going to go through that list one by one. And the first one, I'm going to have to really rely on her knowledge with this because uh, it's it was how planning a vacation for Universal Orlando is completely different from, I'm assuming she meant other theme park destinations like Walt Disney World or maybe just any vacation in general. But Elaine, why do you think planning is completely different at Universal and why why people should know how to plan for Universal? So a lot of our audience um, 
is likely very familiar with traveling to Disney World right now and that you almost need a master's degree to be successful because you've got your park passes and you've got making dining reservations, but they're all sold out and trying to understand how the tickets aren't valid as long as you think they're going to be. And it's just in virtual queues and like all of that. And it's just, it's a mess. And there's a lot of people that are like, I am so frustrated with Disney right now. And they're leaving and they're going to Universal this year instead. Mm -hmm. So Universal is much, 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 much less stressful. Uh, for example, if I have people that come to me and they, you know, they're saying, okay, but what's my like day to day? Like, how do I go from here to here to here to like, what do I do? I'm like, you walk into the park and you get on the ride. Like it's, you don't need a major strategy session for every day of your vacation when you're at Universal. You don't, you know, you can plan out, you know, okay, we're going to do the early entry and we're going to go to this one first and, you know, having some kind of like rough plan, but it definitely doesn't need to be scheduled out to the minute with bathroom breaks built in and all of that. Um, there are no park reservations. That's not an issue. Making dining reservations is super easy because pretty much whatever you want to make, as long as you give yourself a little bit of leeway, you're going to be able to get what you want. Um, plus so many of the restaurants that are out in Seawalk are available that you can just book right on open table. Like it's just, it's so much easier and everything is so compact. So you can easily walk to your hotel. You can easily walk between the parks you're not fighting with riding a bus for 45 minutes or whatever. It's just, it's so easy and it's so much less stressful in my opinion. Yeah. I think the, uh, the dining in general is a, is a big one because you know, it, you can, you can book Disney restaurants day of, I mean, it's, it's possible. It's not always going to be exactly what you want. The harder to get reservations, you know, you have to, you have to definitely book way out in advance, but with universal, unless it is like super busy, uh, you can basically eat anywhere you want. Sometimes within like 30 minutes, even if the restaurant's like kind of busy. Uh, but you know, if we're talking the week between Christmas and new year's, that's a different situation. Plan on waiting. Uh, after the parks close at City Walk, you're going to have to wait for the restaurants. Like, that's just that's just a fact. Some restaurants will have a lesser wait than others, but uh, it, it gets busy. And because the theme parks are set up where it's like Islands of Adventure on the left, and then that connects you with City Walk and Universal Studios Ford on the right. Like, everyone, if you're parked in the parking garages and not going to the hotels, you're basically funneled directly through city walk to be able to get back to your car. So you're passing all these restaurants. You're going to be hungry. You're going to stop and eat. And yeah, sometimes you have to wait a little while longer, but also with that too, I guess, I guess even if you are staying at some of the hotels, you might want to take the bus transportation. So then you're going through city walk anyways with that, that, uh, that pathway instead of like going on the boats for some of the hotels. So uh, yeah, dining, dining is a, a huge, huge aspect of how you just, you can relax and not really plan anything out. Still, like, really, the only thing I would say is kind of, uh, you know, 
decide when you want to show up to the parks. Do you want to be that person taking advantage of uh, early early entry? If you're staying at the hotels, do you want a rope drop? Would you rather stay later on in the day? Make make those kind of decisions out, but don't ever be burdened with thinking like, okay, we have to hit Hagrid's, then Velocicoaster, and then Hulk, because also too, uh, you know, things are going to be down. There's always going to be disruptions to your plans, but it's it's okay. It's it's very flexible. In my opinion, at least. Anything I else to say on you. that one? You agree, Rhino? Yeah, I mean, I feel like okay. you said it best. I think flexibility is the thing where, like, it's so much easier to make a turn and change a plan, you know, with with everything that you just said. It's truly the Burger King of theme parks. You can have it your way. And uh, moving on to the second bullet point, Elaine already already mentioned this and then i kind of uh, dropped it in here too but we really want to point out the what you need to know about the hotels and just the location in general because uh i think you know we talk about how how centrally located everything is right now at universal orlando obviously that's going to change with epic universe coming down the line that will make things a lot more complicated but right now uh universal orlando with what you can visit in 2023 2024 everything is just so centrally located including the hotels which are lowe's operated hotels uh but with universal touches and themes. But uh, Elaine, why don't you talk more about hotels, location, and we'll kind of scatter some thoughts in as you go. So with the hotels, um, the deluxe hotels that they have, there's three of them, Hard Rock, uh, Royal Pacific, and Portofino Bay. And all of those are located the closest to the parks. Like Hard Rock is literally next door to Universal. It is less than a five minute walk. It's only a few minutes. Um, and then Portofino's on the other side. So it's about a, I think the last time I timed myself, it was nine minutes. Um, and then Royal Pacific is actually on the other side, on the island side. And it's a little bit longer. I haven't wa- actually walked from there before. All three of them also have the ferry. Um, that you can easily take to get you to CityWalk and the parks. And we will talk a little bit more about Express Pass later, but with all three of these hotels, Express Pass is included. And it's the it's the unlimited version of Express Pass. There's two different kinds. We'll talk about that later, but um, that's included. And that is a huge deal um, because... Express Pass can be expensive. And if you actually do the math to stay at one of the value hotels, and if you have four people in your room and you're buying Express Pass for all of them for, let's say you're visiting the parks three days, you compare that to the four of you staying in a deluxe hotel, 99% of the time, it's actually going to be cheaper for you. So you can stay in a nicer hotel and get the unlimited express pass for free with your stay. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. I hope they never take it away because it's such a great perk. And so I look at those hotels first um, because I want that perk because I want the express pass. On top of that, they do also have a little bit, they have a few other benefits that aren't quite as talked about. Um, but I believe it's something with dining that you um, can be kind of like put to the top of the wait list if you're doing like a walk up kind of thing. 
And then they offer, they all offer great restaurants. They have sit down restaurants. Um, they have casual, they have bars there. Um, they do entertainment at several of them. My favorite is at Portofino at sunset when they have the singers up on the balcony singing out over the plaza at sunset. Like that's just like my favorite ever. Um, I love it. So it's just like the mood is just, it's there. It's a good vibe. So moving on, um, a step down is going to be Sapphire Falls and it's on that Royal Pacific side. I believe they also have a ferry um, and it's a little bit harder to walk because you have to cross the street, but it's there. And then when we get down to the value, um, Cabana Bay, which super, super, super popular resort. I have stayed there several times, um, both by myself, with other adults, with my kids. Like everybody loves it. Um, and they have family suites, so you can have a little bit more room um, if you want to. Good price, good value. And you can walk from Cabana Bay. I believe it's a little bit under a mile, but I know that you can walk. And yeah. then... On the other side of that is going to be Aventura. Aventura is even a little bit less expensive. And I don't recommend kids usually for Aventura. Definitely more adult themed. And it's not that it's adult themed. It's just I don't think it has benefits for kids. There's a very, very, very teeny tiny pool. Um, I don't believe the food options that are there are really tailored towards kids liking um and it's just and the whole big thing is they have a rooftop bar where everybody hangs out and it's just it's more of an adult trip of staying yeah. there than you know, bringing your it's, kids like i would never bring my kids there yeah it's themeless so oh. I, that's the best way to say it it's the most contemporary the most modern it's mm -hmm. literally on like like it's not on the same level as like a luxury hotel, but uh, there's a lot of boutique hotels that go for the exact same, the exact same clean, modern look. And so it's just, it's, it's a universal, like you're, you're at universal, you're at a hotel that's operated by Lowe's. So you have that service, but you're not going to walk in there and be like, I feel like I'm at universal. Right. I guess right. that's the best that way to put it. That, the hotel could literally be in any big city anywhere. So, yeah. I, you just found a way to shorten everything I said. So, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so, then our last two are kind of sister resorts that's the Endless Summer Resorts. And on one side, it's Dockside. And on the other side, it is Surfside. Pro tip. When you are headed to these resorts, whether you're taking an Uber, a taxi, if you're driving yourself, know which side you are staying on. Because we have talked to other agents that have had countless instances where the clients have maybe shown up or even just people that we've talking to online that they've shown up at the wrong site because that's where the Uber driver take them um, when they're actually across the street at the other one. So Know where you're going. Check the sign before you walk in. Make sure you're on the right side. Um, these resorts, I have stayed in, which one did I say? Dockside. I was in Dockside. And I was kind of 
when I first knew that I was going to be there because I was be there, it was for a hosted event. And so I, I did not get to pick that I was staying there. And I was almost kind of dreading it because it was right when they first opened and I didn't know a lot. And it just, I didn't feel like I was going to like it. However, I left there completely surprised at how much I actually did like it and am more than happy to recommend those hotels. They are the least expensive you will find and they have family suites and they even have like these two bedroom family suites. Um, so you can put a lot of people in there. And I, now I would not recommend having like four adults in a regular standard room. I would not recommend that because it is going to be a little bit tight and the beds are a little bit smaller and it's just, you're just going to be all on top of the other, the entire time. But um, if you had, you know, two adults and two small kids, no problem at all. And the food there, again, very pleasantly surprised. Their food court is divided into several different stations and you walk up and you tell them this is what you want. A lot of it they are making to order. There is some things where they'll just have them up there and you just take what you want. But I honestly was really, really, really surprised at, I felt like their food was a lot better than what I expected it to be. Um, they do also have a rental car um, location right on site. Um, they've got several pools. They're both really, really, really big. Um, so it's, it's not bad. It's, not a lot of money and really not that bad. Um, one cool thing about every Universal Hotel is they have a Starbucks in the lobby right there. And I know that is important to a lot of people. And so it is right there um, for you. So, yeah. Yep. I, you covered a lot of it. So, yeah, it's the hotels are... It, there are a lot to go over and that was a that was a good little overview um the one thing i think i would want to point out just a little bit more with it sapphire falls is i feel like sometimes gets overlooked in a way because it it truly is in a category of itself like mm -hmm. it's it the dining in that in that hotel and like the bar and just the entire vibe of it the convention center vibe like it truly does put it right between deluxe and then that next level with cabana bay and aventura uh it doesn't have the perks but you do have the ferry which is just so accessible to use um and in terms of a walk it is just slightly further than the walk to Royal Pacific. And I I think it's, you know, it's been a while since I've done the walk too. But I mean, we're not talking much of a difference between walking from like Universal Studios, Florida to Portofino, as it would be to Islands of Adventure all the way to, to, uh, to Sapphire Falls. So keep that in mind. And then like when we say Aventura is right beside Sapphire Falls, it is literally right beside it so cabana bay you do have to cross over uh, a street in in order to get there it's not it's just right across the way like we i cannot say how close everything is like you're you're within 
<laughs> probably, I mean, 20 yards from technically where you would drive onto Sapphire Falls and Aventura away from uh, Cabana Bay. It's literally just right across the road. So everything is super, super close. You have the four hotels with the water taxi service. Those are walkable. With the Endless Summer Resorts, you do have to use bus transportation. You can walk. We've always said in the past, we don't recommend it, but you have to use the buses. It's a very short bus ride. You know, max you're going to really take to get across, even if you hit lights, is 10 minutes at most. I would say more like seven. Yeah, it's not not at all. Nope. Uh, But it is something to keep in mind. That's why those two hotels have the lowest price point because they are technically not on property. And, you know, that's as much as Elaine raved about the dining, it definitely is not on the same level as the other hotels, in my opinion. Uh, But all the hotels do have bus transportation, if that's how you would prefer to get around as well. So they make everything as easy to get around as possible and much easier than driving, you know, the furthest distances of Walt Disney World property all around. I think they're great hotels um, for people, too, who are like all day theme park people, like who are there like day to night. And so you're not really like using the amenities of the hotel necessarily. Like maybe you will one day or something like that. You know, it's I mean, it's always good to have food in the pool and things like that. But it's for me, it's just one of those where it's I feel like it's it's like in that vibe of like for me, like I always leave. Anytime I've stayed at a resort, I'm always like, I barely was in this hotel and I feel like I wasted this hotel, you know, and I feel like they're good hotels for that sort of a, if you're that sort of a traveler as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, uh, the next point we're moving on to, we're, we're going to stick with the parks now, but this is not an overview of Universal Studios Florida and Islands of Adventure nor Volcano Bay. We need to do that again in the future, give refreshers on what to expect from the parks right now and, and everything that you can find in them. We always start, we never finish, and we just have to start over again. But specifically, we have to reinforce once again uh, the different park passes in terms of two park passes versus one park passes because Elaine has an opinion and I, I think she is really on the point that you have to have the two park pass much like Rhino and I always say. So Elaine, why do, why do people need to know about the two park pass versus a one? So again, comparing with Disney world, park hopping is not easy at Disney world. And I will tell you that when I am going with my kids we always get one park per day tickets because you can spend the whole day there. And even if you want to go back to your hotel and go back, you can spend the whole day there and everything is fine. Hop park hopping is not mandatory there Um, at universal because the parks are right next to each other. And all you have to do is walk out of one and walk into the other. It really makes it really easy. And many times one of the parks will close at like six o'clock in the evening. And then the other one will be open till like eight or nine. So you can close out one park and then go over to the other one. A big, 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 big thing is that if you are, if you are going for the purpose of seeing all of the Harry Potter things, because I have people that this is the only reason they are going to Universal. You're going to want the two part past ticket because if you want to ride Hogwarts Express, you're going between the two parks. 
So you want that ticket in order to be able to ride it. And it's in, it's an easy way to perk up rather than walking all the way out and walking back in. So you could come in and make your way all the way to the back of the park, riding rides and doing shows and that kind of thing. And then hop on that train, take it over and then work your way just going back out. And you could have a fantastic day. Um, I have people that when we plan out their days, we will plan out um, dedicating an entire day to just doing Harry Potter stuff. And so you can really group that together and make that your day and do your interactive ones and eat all of the food there and do all of the rides and visit all the shops and make that a whole day. But again, you have to have two park passes for that. So that's my opinion that I really feel like having the two park pass is a good idea with universal. Do you have to have it? No. Is it mandatory? No, but it's worth it to me. It a lot too depends on the time of year that you travel, and I'm going to talk about it from the uh, the circumstance of weather, but also I guess you can just include park hours like you did. Uh, right now in February, the parks are closing a lot earlier, and on top of that too, the weather is great this time of year. I mean, it not I'm not even talking about lower temperatures. It's just these are the days where we have those perfectly blue skies that you expect from like California the entire day. And we'll have nice stretches of it where it is just perfect outside. But as soon as you get to summer and you you get to, you know, the rainy season, it's a different ball game and no offense to islands of adventure. Uh, there's just not as much fun things to do there. In my opinion, that are indoors as there is over at universal studios, Florida. So if you have that one day ticket for islands of adventure and it's raining most of the day, like, and I'm, uh, I'm talking about lightning and really bad conditions. You know, you might be looking at not being able to do any of the outdoor attractions or you won't be able to do them a lot because of it, or you'll be miserable. You you don't want lightning the entire day and you lose out on Velocicoaster, Incredible Hulk Coaster, Hagrid's, you know, it, it's great. You still have Forbidden Journey and Spider-Man, Cat in the Hat. You still have lots of indoor things to do, but you go over to to Universal Studios Florida and that park is like entirely indoors for the mm-hmm. most part, with the exception of Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. And, you know, now that Kid Zone is gone, a lot of that was outdoor areas, but everything is so inside. So it's nice to have that flexibility. If it's a bad day with bad weather, you know, say, okay, sorry, sorry with the. Uh, with Volcano Bay or with Islands of Adventure, we have to go over to Universal Studios Florida and and handle that park. And so it's nice to be able to plan like that. But as Elaine said, too, with park hours, when you find out that there's an event, someone rented out Universal Studios Florida. So the park's closing at five or six o'clock, but Islands of Adventure is open till nine. It's nice to not be like, OK, my day had to come to an end because of this special party. I can still... I can still continue my day with Universal. You can do that if you have the the two park pass versus the one. So, uh, you know, you could just plan on only doing Islands of Adventure that day or vice versa. But it's nice. It's nice to have the flexibility. I, I cannot tell you how many times I go to Universal on a weekly basis and I go in saying, I want to go here for this one specific thing. And then I end up spending more time in the other park just because of crowds or changing my mind at the last second it's just it's so convenient yeah and i agree even with the weather thing 
even not raining, but in the middle of the summer when it's super hot, same exact thing because so much of the universal side is indoors. You are protecting yourself from that very bad heat. (laughs) So that's another point with that. And with doing the park hopping, you know, there's no restrictions as far as what times you can do it. You can do it anytime you want. And again, there's no park reservation system. So again, with that flexibility, you may have planned that on one day you were going to spend the day in islands, but the day before you were over at Universal and you're like, you know what? I really want to ride this ride again, or I want to ride it like five times in a row. No problem. Just go over there and do it and then go over to islands. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we could even take it further and say with the summer, if you want to do the water rides, you have to be at Islands of Adventure. Mm-hmm. So if it gets really hot and you want to be there, that's where you're going to end up. So if you're at if you're at uh, if you're at Universal Studios Florida, hoping hoping to get wet, you are out of luck. You're going to have to go over to the other park. But if it's in the middle of summer, it's going to be very busy at those rides. So that leads us into our fourth thing to talk about, which is, you know, could be useful if the lines are very busy. And that's Express Pass. Probably the question we get asked most about it is very opinion based in terms of the worth of it, when it's worthwhile, when it's not worthwhile. Again, if you're staying at one of the the top-level hotels, Portofino, Hard Rock Hotel, or Royal Pacific, you're getting unlimited express for free. Of course, it's worth it if it doesn't like completely ruin your budget on the hotel itself. Uh, but in general, if you're paying out-of-pocket for express, there's a lot more questions you have to ask yourself for it in terms of the overall worth because it it's very expensive uh, and there's there's a lot more complications that go into it as we will get further down the list and talk about more things that people need to know that it's all going to start compiling together. But uh, it, how Express Pass work, Elaine, why do travel agents want you to know how Express Pass works? So with Express Pass, Universal has two different kinds um, and these are specifically for studios and for islands of adventure these this is not for volcano bay they have their own version of express pass so there is an unlimited version and there is the regular version i think they just call it universal express pass instead of unlimited universal express pass so with the regular universal express pass you can use it on all of the rides but only once per day per ride. So if you are going to use it on Jimmy Fallon, not that you really need to, but if you were going to use it on Jimmy Fallon, you could go in and you could use it. And then you can't ride Jimmy Fallon again with the express pass for the rest of the day. With the unlimited express pass, this is the option that you, or this is the one that you get for free staying at the top tier resorts. It is unlimited. So you can go on Jimmy Fallon 10 times in a row if you really wanted to do that. Um, you monster. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wanted to see the basket of puppies. So, <laughs> so anyways, it's, that is the difference. And if you look, if you are buying them, 
if you look at the pricing, the unlimited is pretty consistently about $19, $20 more per day. Um, so you kind of just got to look at it as to, you know, if you've never been to Universal before and this is your once and only trip, I would say the regular level is fine because you're going to want to go on as many rides as possible. However, again, if you are going for the sole purpose of something specific, like, again, the Harry Potter lands, and you know that you're going to want to experience those rides more than once per day, then you might want that unlimited version. Now, with the Express Pass, they there's no other way to say that they are very expensive. And the problem is, is that the pricing changes. It changes by day, by season, and by day and by season, they are not stagnant. So it's kind of like a cruise ship. The more express passes that are bought for that day, the price goes up. So when you book a package through Dreams Unlimited Travel, you have your hotel and your tickets and you go ahead and add on express pass now. Let's just go ahead and put it on there. Even if you don't are unsure if you're going to use it or not, put it on there now so that you've locked it in at the lowest rate you possibly can rather than waiting until your vacation, which may be five months away and you're getting ready to make that final payment. You're like, we'd really like to add on express pass. And then it's like $50 more per person. You've just cost yourself some money there. So just go ahead and put it on at the beginning and then we can take it off if we really need to. Um, so that's my advice as far as that. And then again, do the math. And you know what? Travel agents really like math. We do math all day long and we can do all the mathing for you. And so if you say, you know, we've got this group of six people and we want to put four in one room and we want to put two in the other and we are looking at these three hotels, let's do the math and let's see if staying at Cabana Bay or Aventura is actually going to come out cheaper than staying at Royal Pacific when you could get that unlimited express pass free and have a really great vacation because you do not make any sort of reservations or times or bookings or anything like that. You truly walk up to the ride. You show them your express pass, which if you're staying at the hotels, it's just your hotel key. You show them to that and they say, okay, go on in. And the majority time it's less than a five minute wait. The longest I have consistently seen on Express Pass is Kong, and it's like 20-minute wait, and I have no idea why. But every time I go on Kong with Express Pass, it's always a 20-minute wait. Um, but every other ride, you are only going to be waiting 5 to 10 minutes or less, if not just walking right on. So... So I've been looking some stuff up while you've been discussing this and a little bit before because we talked about the hotels. Uh, so I did a, a random week in in the summer. I chose June 18th through June 24th. So just shy. Uh, I think that's six nights total. And with that, I, you know, I, I looked at all the prices for the different hotels and 
Uh, in terms of pricing, this is with like no discounts or anything. Royal Pacific is the most expensive at $695 starting from there. That's your cheapest room. And then it goes up from there. Uh, all the premier hotels, the ones with Express Pass, those are all right around that $700 a night range. Hard Rock's actually the cheapest at $660. Uh, then the low Sapphire Falls that doesn't have it, here's where you get the drop. That's the preferred hotel. That goes all the way down to $258 a night. And then beyond that, your two value hotels um, or your value Prime value, technically, is what they call the next level down. That's Aventura and Cabana Bay. Those are right at 200 And then Endless Summer, your value hotels, those are at 160 and $170 a night. So you see how it drops there. But in that same regard, with Express Pass, you are looking at the basic Express Pass, the one where you get one time per attraction as long as they have Express Pass available there. Uh, it's anywhere from $89 a day per person plus tax for one park, not for two parks, just that that's for one park where it starts at with the pricing and can go up to $349 and 99 cents. And the unlimited is $99 and 99 cents to $379 and 99 cents per person plus tax. So it, it, it starts bouncing all over the place because, again, it starts with if you only want it at one park. So if you say, I want Unlimited Express at Islands of Adventure or Universal Studios Florida, one or the other, not both, you're at that base pricing. If you say, I want them for both parks, you're now in the next level. You're you're way more expensive. But then, as Elaine pointed out, then it goes by season. And so the next step I'm going to get to is I'm going to find one of the days specifically during that week that I, I'm looking at to find the express price for it because I'm really interested in it. There's, uh, but just right there based on knowing that uh, what the hotels cost, one night at any of those premier hotels that get express in there, those are all right around $700 a night with everything else being right around 200. I cannot believe for like a family of four that the express pass will still make more sense to be in a, in one of the other hotels. I think the price is going to be way over what it would be for one night at one of those premier hotels. And that's why Elena said, you have to do the math because it's going to make what you said 99% of the time. Do you feel solid about that? <laughs> I, so I can tell you where the tipping point is. The tipping point is when you are at two people in the hotel room. That's when you have to look at it really closely. Um, and that's okay. where I have, we really have to compare closely to what it comes out to. But once you hit three people in the hotel room, that's where I'm at my 99% of the time. Okay, I'm almost there. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm now to yeah. I'm now to June that week that I looked at the 18th to the 24th. Express that entire week for two park Universal Express Unlimited. What you would get at the the premier hotels that entire week it bounces around from either two hundred. $29.99 per person plus tax, all the way up to $249.99 per person plus tax. So if you wanted, if you stayed in, uh, you know, in a value hotel during that time period on the 20th, a Tuesday, you know, you're, you're paying the $200 a night for your hotel. But if you wanted to, for four people in your room, if you wanted to book, 
unlimited express to have like you would have at the premier hotels, you're adding another thousand dollars right on because that's one of the $250 days. So all of a sudden you could have had this included with that night where it would have been 700 at a deluxe hotel or a premier hotel. Sorry. Or if you wanted your value and just add on express, you're adding a lot of money on. But again, it gets more complicated than that because maybe you only want Express that one day. So it makes more sense financially to do the cheaper hotel mm-hmm. for five days and then add an Express on one day versus having Express every day. It is so Whoa. complicated. I do not just, envy you as a travel agent, Elaine. <laughs> just book the room the one night, even if you're not going to stay in it. <laughs> that, no, that, here's, here's, where, here's where it comes down. <laughs> when you stay at the Premier Hotel and you get Express Pass, it's for the night you check in, and you it's for the out. night you check out. Oh. One night, you have two days of Express Pass. So I do mm. have people that will stay, you know, four days at Cabana Bay, and then they'll book one night at Royal Pacific, you know, at the end, at the beginning, somewhere. And then they have two more days of Express Pass for that one night. See that that I feel like that needs to be taken into account because then it's that's not you know that's not the two hundred and twenty four dollars that's really four hundred and forty whatever forty eight dollars. Yeah, it, I don't know why I hesitated. It's so complicated. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it's okay. This stuff is it's all over the place. It's why you you know you can figure all this stuff out on your own you can work with an agent to try to dig through it you know i know a lot of people out there are saying why do you need to use a travel agent in 2023 book it yourself it's because do you do you really want to be going through all this math yourself you can say all the options that you would like to look at and elaine's going to do the work she's going to hate her life for it but you know what it's what she chose to do so <laughs> i I'm actually sorry, elaine <laughs> Like I could sit and do math all day, every day, and I would be totally happy because I actually love math. So I am all in on this. And another reason to add to that, it's free. I can't speak for other travel agencies or other travel agents because not everybody's free, but Dreams Unlimited Travel is free. So when you book directly through Universal, you're paying for a travel agent, even if you don't use one. So you could just use one and it's free. That's why I always say, I always say like when you book with the, you know, book with dreams and limited travel, it costs you nothing extra on your trip. It's like using a target red card. You know what I mean? Like it's not, doesn't cost anything extra to use the target red card. And sometimes I save 5%. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like at dreams, our whole thing is that when new discounts come out, we are on the phone that day when we are adjusting packages, we are adding the discounts for you. Like, (laughs) We pay attention to all of that so you don't have to continuously be checking the website, looking at the price. Oh, did it go down? You know, oh, should I move here? Like, no, we got you. We got you. You just worry about what outfit you're going to wear. We'll take care of the rest of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I... It's I hate turning this into a commercial for dreams, but I mean, sometimes we have to with it. Uh, But that's one of the standpoints that Pete and John have always had with with dreams is that if they can apply discounts, if as long as the clients want the discounts, they will apply them to save as much money. And in a business where you would think, well, wouldn't it make more sense financially for them to not apply the discounts and get more back in commission? Their goal is to have repeat clients come back because, hey, you saved us money. We appreciated that. 
we'll book with you again. And we enjoyed our experience working with the agents. That's that's what they're going for. Not saying, how can we get you to book the most expensive vacation so we can sit there and count all the money? And I know it's it's counterintuitive, but that's that's their goal. It's something that other people also do too. So it's not like it's out of the norm. But yeah, if if you say like, hey, I need to save the most amount of money and you tell Elaine, she's going to try to make it work for you, especially when new discounts come out. And uh, it's, it's very noble. I cannot say I would do the same. I always say on discount day, I worked really hard today to lose a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't envy your job at all. That's what I'll keep repeating as we go through this, but let's move on to the next one. And uh, Elaine on your list, you have volcano Bay. Why do you, as a travel agent, think that people should know about Volcano Bay? So here's the thing with Volcano Bay. Volcano Bay is not your water park that you have down the street at home. It's pretty amazing. Um, I have been there several times, and I've been there with adults. I've been there with my kids. Um, I've been there when it was pouring down raining. and I love it. Like I've literally been aching to get back and I'm looking at my next trip and I'm like, I need to add on just one more day. And it's a Disney trip specifically to go over to Volcano Bay. Like this is in my plans that I've built in. And it, I mean, I don't know how to, I mean, they have top level slides, theming, everything. It, it, I mean, they have a whole, you know, like other places, they have a whole backstory as, as far as Volcano Bay and that kind of thing. And all of the slides have names behind them and what they mean and how the story ties into it and that kind of thing. Um, you know, there are thrill slides. There are not so thrill slides. I mean, kids of all age will love it. Um, my favorite is not the slow lazy river, but the fast lazy river. And I will go around that thing like 10 times and I will be laughing the entire time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fantastic. And you don't, again, you don't have to go anywhere. It's literally right there. If you are staying at Cabana Bay, it's actually just right across the road behind Cabana Bay. And so they have their own even special entrance that you can go in and bypass the super long, like public entrance that everybody has to walk down and wait in line and that kind of thing. They just have this like backdoor entrance that you can go right in. And it's super easy to go back to your hotel if you want to like change clothes or get something or, you know, take a nap and come back or whatever. It just makes it really, really, really easy. And so, I mean, I love, love, love going there. I it It's a fantastic water park. And if you're traveling to Universal in the summertime, adding Volcano Bay on, there's two different ways of doing it. You can buy a standalone one-day ticket to it, or you can add it on to those tickets. And, you know, we said we had one-day park passes, two-day park passes. There are actually three-day park passes or not three day, I'm sorry, three park, park passes. So you can have Volcano Bay and Islands of Adventure and Universal all on that four day ticket 
and you can go however you want to any of them. So you could spend the morning at Volcano Bay and then go back to your hotel, shower, dry off, and then spend the evening in Elements of Adventure. And it makes for a fantastic day. So I really, I like it. I like putting it in the middle of my vacation as a break from the parks and just like chill out and write all the slides and hang out and eat and drink and that kind of thing. So I love it. (laughs) Yep. I think it is definitely uh, very well themed. And if you are a water park fan, it is definitely something to check out. The only thing I like to warn people on it is the slides do have weight limits. And that is something that will impact some people. There are plenty of slides that have like a weight limit of not exceeding 300 pounds. And you might say, well, how are they ever going to know? They, they weigh you. So you have to, you just have to know that. And yeah, not, not everyone sees, it's not like a public weighing where everyone stares at you and booze or cheers or something. No. It's like a platform you stand on that a team member weighs, I feel like, but it's still kind of that weird moment where you're like, Oh God. And it's literally like part of the line. They're not pulling yeah. you out of the line saying, ma'am, step on the scale. Let's see the yeah. numbers. It's not like that. It's literally part of the line is you're just standing on the platform. Only they can see it. You're good. Yeah. But it's it's something to note because, you know, also too, like 300 pounds doesn't sound a lot, but, you know, you can be a... You can be a six foot four person who's a bodybuilder and easily weigh a lot because of that muscle mass. Um, it's just all body shapes are different and you never know what that that number is going to add up to. So before you buy that ticket, you know, it's it's something to keep in mind just because I know everyone is different. And I would hate for someone to, you know, be over that threshold and they get there and basically be like, oh, I have the lazy river and that's, 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 it might be a relaxing day hanging out, but it might not be the best day. And that actually, I, I know there's a lot more we could talk on Volcano Bay, but I know we need to do another show on that. So we might have to have Elaine back to really dive into that because if she loves water parks, Rhino and I definitely are not water park people. So while we, while we will occasionally I visit, we go more for the food than <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> than the actual water experiences with it. But uh, mentioning have, weight. Sorry, go ahead. They have their own completely different express pass system and different levels that you can get. And then there's cabanas and then there's these like mini chairs and there's a lot of different ways to do Volcano Bay. So it'd probably be good to just have a show dedicated to that. Yeah. Well, we will definitely do that, but uh Spinning off of what I said about weight, uh, we're going to look at our next one, but it's beyond that. It is the reality of what you're going to experience at Universal Orlando, specifically around the fact that there are a bunch of screen-based rides and there are roller coasters. And just in general, there's Universal is not the most inclusive. It's something that I point out very often on our Walt Disney World shows because I, I think it's great to tell people, go to Universal, give it a shot. I think there's a lot of great dining there. I think there's great theming. I think there are world-class attractions. Universal has so much to offer. But for people who are used to visiting Walt Disney World, they are not going to be met with the same inclusion that you'll find at Disney theme parks, where it's, oh, I can go on everything at Disney. 
minus Tron and Flight of Passage still, but that's that's Disney's problem right now. We're talking about Universal. And uh, with that, if you're not a thrill seeker, you might have problems at Universal. If you don't like motion simulators, you might have a problem at Universal. If you have a weird body shape or... I, I I hate saying it that way, so I I, sh- I don't mean it that way. But we we've, we've talked about it in past shows. Like you can, I, I worked at Forbidden Journey for years in Dragon Challenge, and you you could literally be the most trim cut person, but if your muscles or if you were just denser on the top of your body, that wouldn't that wouldn't allow the the harnesses to come down and all of a sudden you can't ride because of that so it's just sometimes and it's what's happening with tron and happens at gringotts specifically if you have really muscular or thick thighs that aren't like you wouldn't never think anything of it it might mean that the actual uh, the restraint mechanism won't allow you to fit in properly and that that ends up happening. So there's a I, I, weird's not the right word to use for it, but you know, it's it, just saying different body shapes and sizes. That's it's also very vague in that way. It's just it's complicated. But Elaine, preach the realities. Yeah. So again, in this kind of elaborating, even what Craig said, you know, I sometimes have a problem in these seats just because my hips are like very like wide set hips. And I'm like, what is my problem? Because the seats are even sometimes like very like tight this way. And then I have very long legs. So my, the top of my legs is so long that my knees are always against the back of the seat in front of me. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's things other than just, the number on the scale, that's for sure. It is truly how your body is built, unfortunately, because everybody is different. So um, I back to kind of our main point of this is the fact that Universal is very niche in what they like to do. So especially on the Universal side, you're going to find a whole lot of screen-based motion simulator rides, whole lot of them. And there are times that you are going from one to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, where you will have four or five in a row. And I do not have problems with motion sickness, but once I've done like four of those in a row, I start to get a headache, like right between my eyes. Um, so I always have to like pregame universal with ibuprofen because I know that <laughs> I'm going to say it. Like it just, it is what it is. And so if you are a person that does have sensitivity to that, you know, you know, your body best. I mean, you're telling me I, I, it, it, when I go to universal, I, I always like, I kind of like to know, okay, today, like, am I going to be brave and do, you know, I'm not saying I go on Velocicoaster every time I'm there, but I have done it in the past. But I'm like, if I have to hype myself into it, I'm like, because that's not even screen based, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I got to know that Dramamine because I'll probably do the Harry Potter rides and those, you know, those have screens. And so it's like, I, I always, I'm like, okay, I weigh my options where I'm like, I got to take the pill or not take the pill. You know, I do the less drowsy. I also, um, they make, um, a 
like all natural one that's like a ginger tablet, which I've been like trying to experiment with. But for me, I think that's more for people that are have started to suffer from motion sickness. It's a way to help you recoup versus like taking it preventively, knowing that you're definitely going to get motion sickness. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then you go over to the island side and it's a lot of roller coasters over there. And so you have to really look at what is important to me on my vacation. What do I like? What can my body take and decide if this is the place for you and your family? So, yeah, it is what it is. Hmm. I am dreading the day that I have to deal with a lot of the problems in terms of motion sickness and stuff. It still has not hit me yet completely, but I know it's only a matter of time. There's rides I can't do now that I used to be able to do without Dramamine. And now I was like, no, I'm not doing those anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I I probably will just fight through it anyways and be like, you know what? I'm at a place that I love and I'm not going to let it just stop me from it. But also, if it gets to the point where I'm like throwing up in the bushes, that's different. I've I've had to clean that up. Uh, it's not pretty. Try to get to a trash can or bathroom whenever possible. I've never thrown up. It's it's really just for me. It's preventative, like Elaine said about like a head related thing where it, it like puts a pressure. It does something to my head, and it's like okay. So it's like it kind of removes that element a little bit for me. But yeah, yeah, lots of trash. Well, Hulk. <laughs> I love Hulk. Like, I love it, but my equilibrium cannot figure out no. which way is up. I am on that right. Yeah. I it fe- love feels it. like you're pulled apart, put into a blender, and then reassembled. That's why I feel like you, you come off it where you're like, how does one walk again? <laughs> and like Velocicoaster, I feel like my soul leaves my body when I read that. So it's just, but I love them, and I'm going to power through. Because I love them. So, well, let's talk about the final point on here. And it's the other reality, one that we bring up also, try to bring it up often. And now, one that I am dealing with firsthand. And that is the reality of bringing kids. And we're not talking about any kids from the ages of zero all the way through to 17 years old and right before their adulthood. We're talking about kids specifically on the younger side. I it's it's also hard to really quantify because Universal is so much you know with their rides, just like Disney anywhere, uh, any theme park. It's it's all height based, and as like a five year old kid, I was very tall and I could do basically everything at Walt Disney World. But the same might not be true at Universal because they're height requirements for rides are all over the place different. Um, But yeah, that with that comes a harsh reality for bringing kids to universal Elaine. So even with what you're saying with height based, just because that child is tall enough to ride that ride. Doesn't mean that that child should ride that ride. True. Because, There's a lot of things that happen in these rides, particularly universal when you can't see what's on the inside that you think this is going to be great and you just, you don't know what's coming. And so 
really, 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 if you have a child that is just now coming in to the point that they are tall enough for these attractions, do your research on what these attractions actually are and what they involve. Do they go upside down? Do they spray water at you? Is there jump scare type things? You know, what kind of speed is involved? Does the seat go like this and like this and like this while you are sitting in it? All of those things. So because there are kids that will come off of that thing screaming because they were tall enough, but they were not emotionally and mentally ready for it. So that is one thing. Another thing is just the fact that there is not a lot to do with younger kids at Universal. You know, I have three boys and I waited a long time to take them to Universal because I didn't want to end up in a position where just the oldest was going on rides and I was waiting outside with my two younger ones because I wanted everybody to be able to enjoy everything like a family. So I waited until my youngest son was tall enough height-wise and ready enough that he could go on everything. And then that's when we started going to Universal um, so that we could enjoy it more because there just, there isn't a lot. And there are a lot of these rides that you can't take a baby on and like wear them or hold them like you can with a lot of the Disney world rides. Um, There's just, it's just less that you can do with kids. So and especially now that they've closed kids zone, that takes out a whole area. So yeah. it's, but they are moving in the right direction because what replaces kids zone will be kid friendly ultimately. And we know universal is definitely starting to pinpoint that whether they make it kid friendly enough is going to be a, you know, a big question and all of this, but They embraced for the longest time the teen demographics and up from there, including, you know, adults without kids. And they tried to multi-generational families, but still starting more at that teenage range and going up from there. They've embraced that for so long. But uh, if they really want to increase their market, they have to they have to pull in families with younger kids, too. Hence Texas, hence what will be coming in the future in terms of kid-friendly attractions and experiences. It's all it's all going to go in that range. It's the it's the best way for them to to grow in a bigger, bigger way. Especially considering they have so many popular animated characters to pull from with DreamWorks and Illumination. It just it only all makes sense. But uh, even one step beyond that, like I realized with uh we we took rory to universal a couple weeks back for the first time and we were very excited to do so uh and you know what i will be honest i am a helicopter parent right now i'm still trying to figure it all out and my entire mindset is i don't want to put our child in any situation that can hurt them that could have been preventable or leave like lasting damage and so like i know how bad my hearing is getting i know how bad rhino's hearing is and it's impossible having a conversation with him because of it uh Mm -hmm. i (laughs) do like the i am so particular about like loudness right now and not sustaining him to to loud volumes for an extended period of time and you know we're using the sound 
uh, portion of the Apple Watch to measure measure the decibels. Universal is freaking loud, and there is almost <laughs> no place to get away from it. And it's like there is constantly something happening in the background from uh, performers doing the you know performers doing like the drumming in the San Francisco area to the loudest dance party in New York. It is just so loud everywhere and it's inescapable and that's something to note too for like kids who are overstimulated by a lot of loud noises uh visual environments it can it can be a lot it can definitely be a lot yes and along with that um they have if you're used to child swap at disney world where um, you go up and they, you know, give you a ticket and you can come back with the other half of the family and they can stay with the kid and they can do something else. It's different at Universal where everybody will wait in line together and then they usually will have some sort of like little waiting room off to the side where the people that aren't riding can sit in that little waiting room while the rest of them ride and then they come back and they can swap out. But the all of those that I've been in are loud and it's usually a lot of chaos with a lot of people coming in and out. Mm-hmm. So it's, yep. it's, it's a bit much. Yeah. You, you described it perfectly. So <laughs> man, we've gone through a lot. We are, we've already been talking about this for over an hour now at this point. Uh, obviously there's a lot that travel agents want you to know about universal and we we have so many more things to uncover with this but i think we have to put a pin in it for right now elaine now comes the time for you to promote yourself if people enjoyed what you had to say said you know what she seems like a smart cookie i want to book with her how can they get in touch with you um you can go easiest quickest most efficient way is just go right on dreamsunlimitedtravel.com you can click on Universal. You can request a quote right there. It's no obligation. We just find you the best price and we say, look what I found for you. You like it. You book it. No problem. Um, you can choose me from the drop down box and specifically request me. However, you can request any of the other agents or you can leave it blank and the next available agent will get to you very quickly. Um, all of our agents that do Universal are amazing and they know these parks inside and out we've gone all together as a company several times in the last couple of years and so our agents that book universal they know it just as well as they know disney world i mean they know all of the things so you can book with me or you can book with any of the other agents they are all fantastic um, if you have an agent that you're already working with, with Disney Cruise Line or or Universal, or I'm sorry, with Disney World or that kind of thing, just shoot them an email and say, hey, um, we, we want to try out Universal and they can help you with that. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, with that, then, uh, I mean, I don't need to mention Dreams Unlimited Travel again, because I feel like we really beat that to death this episode. But I will say thank you so much again to Elaine for coming on and helping us with this topic. And we will definitely use your knowledge in the future. So thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, and Rhino, thank you for showing up, and I hope you learned a couple things today. Yeah, for barely doing anything, it's fine. <laughs> hey, you still made money regardless of how much you did today. <laughs> there you <laughs> yeah, go. I guess that's true. Meanwhile, we took away time from Elaine to book vacations and make money, so it all evens out, right? It's great. I'm sorry, Elaine. I apologize for that. But uh, anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and watch this. I really do hope that you got some helpful information from this and you appreciated it. If you did, again, Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you are watching this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, leave comments, questions, especially questions for Elaine or us to to look over and answer. We might use it for another show. We might answer you directly. Uh, Always drop those in the comments section. And yeah. Just leave any commentary you have. Uh, If you're a listener, please subscribe wherever you listen and leave us ratings and reviews when possible. But that's it for this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. We'll see you again next time with another episode. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. 